here this morning as well as those uh, who are watching with us online. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. And Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. And Father, as we gather here this morning in this place, Father, we thank you for the Bible study time we had in the hour earlier. Father, I pray that your word would find a lodging place in our hearts and accomplish what you intend for it too. Father, we thank you that we're able to gather back here in this place this morning. And Father, as we come together, as we come together in this place to worship you for who you are. And Father, to understand and realize that the reason that we're here today and the reason that we're worshiping together and praising your holy name, it's because of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we just pray this morning that our hearts would be encouraged, that they would be challenged. Uh, Father, from your word, as we lift up these praises to you this morning, we find them and pray that they will be acceptable in your sight today. Father, we thank you for the praises that we have of those who have undergone procedures that are back with us this morning. We thank you for that. But, Father, more than anything, may we just thank you for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Father, thank you for your grace. And Father, above all, thank you for your mercy because they're new every single morning. And we ask all of this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see each one of you. We're glad that you're here. I noticed it a little bit tighter in here this morning, uh, but praise the Lord, we still got a little bit more room. And, uh, but it is good to see all of you, and especially I trust that you had uh, a good time this morning in our Bible study time. And so we praise the Lord for that time that we had here as well this morning. Let me say this about this evening, tonight, 530, and uh, we will be here in the auditorium. A lot of people often wonder about the book of Esther and how it fits into that um, spectrum of Daniel's 70 weeks and the last days and all of that. Well you come tonight, you'll find out all about that. Uh, we're going to be looking at Esther, how Esther fits into it, because you come across those books like Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, and uh, what is the significance of Esther? How does it fit? And uh, so we'll be looking at that tonight at 5.30, as well as the students will be here at 5.30 as well, and uh, just all of the activities are back in place, and uh, so we praise the Lord uh, for that. So we'll see you back uh, here tonight at 5.30. I do have something for you. Some of you, uh, I know these cards have been passed out. That they go out everywhere this morning. Okay, let me let me let me encourage you about one thing. All right, our young people, our students, and student ministry is going to be going to Arlington in July, first part of July. Since we were under COVID and those type of things, it was very difficult to do fundraisers. And so here's what we're going to do: we're going to give you the opportunity to participate in one on June the 27th. Uh, they are going to offer either a quart of spaghetti that you can take home, take it right out of the quart container and uh, have it for lunch, or a quart, a pound of pulled pork, okay, uh, that has already been smoked and prepared. So you say, well, how do you get those? Uh, uh, brings me to my next part. With a $10 donation, you can get your choice of one or the other. Now, if you want both, we'll make you a one-time good deal. $20, you can get one of both, okay? <laughs> you take one of both home with you. And, oh, by the way, if you want to just really help participate, 
Uh, you know, you can give a little more, okay, uh, whichever is easier, but we're looking forward to them as they'll be going to Arlington and uh, be participating over in Mission Arlington, and uh, so just pray for them and uh, as we look forward to all of that as well. And please keep Gia and them in your prayers. Uh, they'll be headed uh, to Munich uh, the last, uh, around the 22nd of June. Uh, Andrew's surgery is scheduled for the 29th of June. Everything is on go. So just be much in prayer for them and uh, all that is taking place and uh, just hearing great things coming out of the Republic of Georgia and some of the things that are taking place over there. So we praise the Lord for all of that. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I have one other announcement. He just reminded me. Uh, these, these, I think some of the students have been adopted by some of our adults this morning. So if you've got a card concerning that, uh, there seems to be a little slight error in some of the cards. Some of the genders may be off. Okay? Whether it's a guy or a girl. Okay? If you have any questions about it, okay, come see Brother Marvin and he'll give you the correct one. I think one of them, it was a girl, but it had a gender of male. Okay? We just need to make sure that's correct. Okay? And uh, so if you have any questions, uh, come see Brother Marvin. He'll straighten all of that out. But it's good to see you, and uh, we're glad that you're here this morning. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Ed's going to come back and lead us now uh, in one that became our student, one of our students' uh, favorite songs here. And uh, it's been done before, and Brother Ed's going to come lead us in it this morning. This is their theme song that they adopted this year. Go ahead. Christ be magnified. Let's sing together. Were creation suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one cry? Then from north to south and east to west, we'd hear Christ be magnified. Were the whole earth echoing his imminence, his name would burst from sea and sky. From rivers to the mountain tops, we'd hear Christ be magnified. Oh, Christ be magnified, let his praise arise. Christ be magnified. From the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. When every creature finds its inmost melody, and every human heart its native cry. Holding one in rapture, hymn of praise, 
the Lord would be church sing it out now oh Christ be magnified let his praise arise Christ be magnified in me oh Christ be magnified from the altar of my life Christ be magnified in me I won't bow to idols, I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice cause you're there too. I won't be born by feelings, I'll hold fast to what is true. And if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Cause death is just the doorway, into resurrection life if i join you in your sufferings then i'll join you in your rise and when you return in glory with all the angels and the saints my heart will still be singing my song will be the same oh christ be magnified let his praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified from the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. Let's sing it again, church. Oh, Christ be magnified, let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. Oh, we magnify him today in this place. And when we lift him high, the Bible says we receive that assurance in our relationship and walk with him. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine.
of love. This is my story. This is my story. you and may our praise lord be pleasing in your sight we come to honor you and to worship you father we come to hear from you now as our pastor comes in a moment to preach and to teach your word to our hearts open our minds lord that we might hear you that we might sense you and feel you speak through your servant father and we pray right now for lewis as he comes to sing lord may his song challenge us in our walk with you and we pray these things in jesus name
sometimes I think I'm in control and I act so foolishly facing problems on my own I don't know what's best for me My mistakes at times disturb all, all of the plans you have for me. Lord, keep me in your will, so I won't be in your will. And put me where you want to not where I want to be if I should ask for things I want just give me what I need when I complain from time to time forgive me Lord I
the Lord. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's where we will begin today. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to share my heart a little bit with you, especially as um, we continue to watch 2021 unfold and uh, as we continue to see all that God is doing. And one of the things that I believe is very, very important today and very prevalent for all of us and that's to have a clear understanding of the subject that I'm getting ready to speak about today. Matter of fact, it's found in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, beginning in verse 1 through verse number 8. By the time we get through a few of these verses, you will have a good understanding of what I am talking about. Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and he's wanting to make sure that he encourages their heart uh, when it comes to their understanding and belief in the gospel. And I want you to notice in verse number one, as Paul writes, he said, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and which also you stand, by which also you're saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. In other words, unless there was nothing to it, if it was just empty, there was nothing there. Uh, just absolutely just a vain belief at all verse 3 for I delivered to you as a first opportunity or first importance uh, what I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and I want you to you ought to underline that phrase Christ died for our sins according to the scripture matter of fact prophesied that it would occur has recorded in the gospels that it would occur and it did occur has recorded for us in the gospels the actual event itself and so as we come and as paul's writing to the church at corinth he makes it very clear and very plain concerning the gospel how that christ died for our sins according to the scriptures verse four and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he was and that he appeared to cephas then to the twelve and after that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep or have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born or one born out of due time, he appeared to me also. The gospel. And I guess here's the question. You know, oftentimes in meetings and so on, when there are motions being made and those type of things. You come, to the, you come to the time, you come to the point during the meeting where somebody says, I call for the question. Well, let me share a question with you this morning that I think that so desperately needs to be answered. When we look at our churches today and where we are and where we should be and what's taking place and what's going on, I believe this is a question today that needs to be answered by all of us. And not just as a church as a whole, but each of us individually, because this was given to each one of us individually, and we corporately as a church ought to be carrying it out and seeing to it that it is walked through uh, every day in our lives as well. And here comes the question, are we fulfilling the Great Commission in our generation? Are we fulfilling the Great Commission in our generation? 
That's the question that we all need to answer. Are we? Are we being effective? Are we, or do we even understand the Great Commission? Do we understand that Great Commission, that commission that Jesus himself gave before he ascended to the right hand of the Father? Do we understand the significance of that commission when that commission was issued and given? And let me say this as well this morning. The issue does not hinge over this continuous debate whether a lost person will more than likely enter through the front door through what we refer to as seeker worship or if they'll come through a side door through networked cell groups. That is not the issue. The issue goes back to the very question, are we fulfilling the Great Commission in our generation? Are we taking care of what we've been given the task to do? What is our priorities? Where do our priorities hinge around? Where, where do we find them? There is nothing any greater to me than the gospel. The gospel is the most important, one of the most important aspects that we can deal with in our lives, not only individually, but also corporately as a church. There is a world out there that is dying, and those that die without Jesus Christ will go to a place, it is literal, it is taught in the scripture, to a place called hell. That's where they will go. The issue today, my dear friend, is not a lack of methods. It is not a a failure in programming we've got more methods and we've got more programming today than we've ever had i think the issue boils down to this it boils down to a lack of passion it boils down to a lack of passion when it comes to engaging those with the gospel of jesus christ my question to you this morning with how passionate are you to engage and to share the gospel of jesus christ with those that you come in contact with and those that you're around we got some wonderful news this weekend. Uh, we have been praying for an aspect of our own family, and we got word this weekend that uh, the young man has given him his life to Jesus Christ, and he is going to be baptized on Father's Day. That's a praise, okay? We've been praying for that for quite a while. And so when we consider that and we think about that, where is our passion when it comes to sharing it with those that are lost who need Jesus Christ? We must go and engage the lost. The Great Commission given in Matthew chapter 28, and we all are familiar with that, most of, this, most of us are. Verse 19 through verse 20 of Matthew 28 where we find the Great Commission, we must go and engage the lost. That's basically what it says then baptize those who accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and then to teach them, to disciple them, to observe all that Jesus commanded. That's what we've been called to do. That's the task that has been given to each one of us. And I don't care whether it's corporately, individually, we all have that responsibility to engage the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are five things that I want you to consider this morning as I walk through them with you. I think there are five important things that we need to consider when it comes to this subject. Here's the first one. We need to understand the condition of the lost. I think we've lost that. We need to understand the condition of the lost. And let me just kind of paint a picture for you here for just a moment. Those without Christ, those that are alive today without Jesus Christ, are walking around absolutely with no life and no hope. Yes, physically they're alive. Spiritually they're dead. Do they have hope in this life only? Possibly. 
But as the scripture says, if all you have is hope in this life that we see today, and if that's all, that's the only place that you find your hope, then you're of all men most miserable. There is no life. There is no hope. And then also to understand this, hell is the eternal destiny of those who die without Jesus Christ. I know that's not popular today, but it's the truth. And one of the things that people need to hear today is the truth when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to understand the condition of the lost. And until we get back to that point that we understand that when an individual dies without Jesus Christ, they're going to spend all of eternity in a place called hell. Does that move us or motivate us or shake us to the cause of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ today? Or has it just become something we've become so numb to just doesn't move us anymore and I'll say this it's real easy to talk about it it's real easy to talk about going it's real easy to talk about the great commission that we've been given to do but how many of us put it into practice do we understand the condition of the lost take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter number three let's see what the scripture says see I once was lost but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And it came as a result of the grace of Jesus Christ and his great love for me. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through verse number 12. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And matter of fact, many of us are familiar with these passages of Scripture because it also says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's the book of Romans. You know, one of the things that we became real good at was handling what we called or carrying what we called the Romans Road. Starting with us identifying and understanding that without Jesus Christ, we're a sinner. We're without hope. There is no life. The scripture said there's none righteous, no, not one. And I know some of us are probably sitting there this morning and saying, okay, I've heard this over and over and over and over again. But does it, does it mean anything to us? As I reflect upon my salvation in the day that I come to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, that forever changed my life. Knowing and understanding and realizing that now I will spend all of eternity with God and all of the things that he has for me, understanding that if I'd have died without Jesus Christ, where I would have found myself, let me tell you something, it moves me to this day. And how do you see your salvation today? Has it grown old? Has it grown weary? Has it grown tiresome? Are we motivated by lostness today in our own lives? Look at verse 23 of Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and verse 24. Notice what Paul writes. He says, For all have sinned and fall short or come short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift. Do you understand what we have in our salvation is a gift? It was a gift from God himself. Because of his great love for us, that gift of grace, we have been made just, we have been made right because of the gift of grace. It came from God himself. By his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Through Jesus Christ. And so when we consider that in our own lives, it ought to to move us. It ought to change us. 
And then look at the first part of verse 25. Whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. That's what we have in our salvation. We need to get back to the place that we understand the condition of the lost. Those who die without Jesus Christ or have the potential to die without Christ. Number two. And I know some of you are going to probably say, why is this such an issue? Because it has become an issue today. It is becoming much more of an issue today. But here's point number two. We must believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. There is no other way. That's not, what be, that's not what's being taught today. Matter of fact, what's being taught today is we're all trying to get to the same place. And it really doesn't matter what path you take to get there. Well, my dear friend, I hate to tell you this. There is a path that matters. And if you walk outside of that path, there is no way to the Father. John chapter number 6, Jesus himself said, Except the Father draw you, there is no way that you're going to just go to the Father. And that drawing comes through Jesus Christ himself, through the Holy Spirit and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God. Turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Let me tell you something. We, we've come to the point today where the Holy Spirit gets left out of the equation. For an individual to come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, one of the things that they need to understand, first of all, is that they're a sinner. And they're lost without Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit who brings conviction in the heart and life of the individual to understand and see that we're a sinner and we're in need of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only way. I understand there's a teaching out there, and that teaching basically goes like this. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross of Calvary, and therefore, as a result of that, everybody's eventually going to get there at the end of the day. It doesn't make any difference what you do. Let me share something with you. That is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. Because it does matter. It does make a difference. John chapter 14, and I know we've heard this over and over and over and over again. But Jesus, before his crucifixion, before his ascension, spent a considerable amount of time going back through with his disciples all of those things that he wanted to make sure that they understood clearly and had a hold on and had a handle on before he was crucified because they were the ones after his ascension that was going to carry forth what they had been taught. John chapter 14 and verse number 6. Having a conversation, Thomas had asked Jesus concerning the, the, the subject of, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Look at verse number 6. Jesus very clearly states the way. There is no gray area here. This is one of those black and white. You know, for those folks that are black and white, okay, verse 6 is black and white. Because here's what Jesus said in verse number 6. Jesus speaking to Thomas directly. Here's what he told him. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now notice his next statement. No one comes to the Father but through me. But by me. That is the only way that you're going to get there. There is no other way. 
you must go through Jesus Christ that's the only way that you're going to get there and sometimes I wonder do we firmly believe that is that something that we hold on to and understand to be so scripturally center of the gospel message to understand that it is only through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is the only way that you're going to get there well it was so important I want you to understand Peter setting in this discussion Go to Acts chapter 4 and look at verse number 12. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12. Something changed. After his ascension, you move to Acts chapter number 2 and you have the coming of the Holy Spirit. Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit as we come to chapter number 4. Of the book of Acts, Peter and John are arrested. And I want you to notice the beginning of verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to notice what he says in verse number 12. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That's all there is. There's only one. And that's Jesus Christ himself. There is no other way. There is no other way to the Father. So number one, we need to understand the condition of the lost. Number two, we need to understand and have it clearly, clearly, understood in our lives that Jesus is the only way but number three the great commission was not a divine suggestion it is the mission it was not a divine suggestion it is the mission turn with me to Matthew chapter 28 I know some are saying brother Robert already know this Matthew 28, verse 19 and verse number 20. All right, y'all all know how I am about English. I love English. I had the opportunity, and somebody may hear this on the live stream. It's part of my family. But my mom, I had the opportunity to get my hands on her report card from school. You ready for this? When she was in junior high school. And so the very first place I looked at to see what kind of grades she got was in English. Matthew 28, verse 19 and verse 20. There are three participles in these two verses. I love English. Okay. How many of y'all like diagramming sentences? Oh, I love it. Okay. Let me tell you what I do. I even take chapters out of the scripture and diagram the chapters. And y'all are saying to yourself, now we know what's wrong with him. There are three participles in these two verses. 
Let me give them to you. You ready? Going, I-N-G, baptizing, I-M-G, and teaching. So going, baptizing, and teaching, that's what we have, okay? So when you consider those in Matthew 28, verse 19 and verse 20, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, all of them, all of them. That's what we've been given to do. And let me share something with you this morning. I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are. They all deserve to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Every last one of them. So we're to go. Well, I hate to tell you this, but that word go is active. It is not passive. So not only are we to go and share the gospel, but we're to make disciples of all nations. Then notice the next part, baptizing them. If you're here today and have been born again by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and have not yet been baptized, you need to be. It's an outward expression of what took place on the inside to say to the world, I have decided to follow Jesus Christ. So to baptize them. And then the next part, which we have not done a very good job of, and that's discipling them or teaching them. To teach them what? All things that I've commanded. To teach them the word of God for them to know so the Great Commission was not a divine suggestion. It is the mission of who we are. Not only individually, but corporately as a church as well. And let me say this, the church should be making disciples. You ready for this? Intentionally. Intentionally. Number four. Hold on. Did you know that every born-again believer, every born-again child of God is called to be a witness? Can I get a witness? Boy, that's mighty lame. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Paul writing again to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Anybody in here ever had an opportunity to meet an ambassador of a nation around the world or have had the opportunity to meet personally the ambassador of the United States of America in any countries around the world? Anybody? It's okay. You can raise your hand if you have. <laughs> I've seen one. How many of you never met one? Wow, look at all those hands. Let me tell you something. They're, they're, they're just, they're, they're neat folks, I'm going to tell you this. I've had the opportunity to meet one, and I'm going to tell you something. 
they're just they're just something else and let me tell you what when you get them speaking about what they do here's what they will tell you it's to portray the United States of America in the most favorable light in the nation that we find ourselves guess what we're called to be ambassadors look at verse 18 now all of these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ now you ready watch this next part and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation therefore we're what we're ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us we beg you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God and then I love what's referred to as the double imputation verse in verse 21 he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him that's what we have so when we consider today what we have every born again believer is called to be a witness you say well brother Robert you, you don't understand I, I, I just I, I, don't know, I don't know the scripture hey have you ever thought about this just tell them what Jesus Christ did in your own heart and life huh what did the blind man say when they asked him he said I can't tell you who it was I can't tell you how it happened the only thing I can tell you is I once was blind and now I can see are you ready for this Jesus didn't leave him that way <laughs> they met together folks how do we see that today Go to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. This verse is often used for, for another application when it comes to the subject of apologetics. I think it is much deeper than that. Notice with me 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. It's because of the word hope. It's because of the word hope that is found in verse 15. But sanctify or set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense or to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. For the hope that's in you. And notice what he says. With gentleness and with reverence to give an account of the hope that's in us let me ask you a question do you have that hope in you today it's kind of hard to share something with somebody that you don't have my prayer is that you have that hope inside of you today that you understand what this salvation is all about and then finally number five 
say, Brother Robert, you, okay. You, you, you just don't understand. I'm just not going to walk up to somebody and talk to them about the gospel. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to provide an opportunity for you? And maybe, just maybe, that person will open the door of opportunity for you to share the gospel. Huh? And oh, by the way, let me, let me share this with you as well. The first time you do it, though, the first opportunity that you have to lead someone personally to the Lord, it will forever change who you are. I'll just tell you that. To watch them get it. To see the light bulb when it clicks on. To see them when they understand that they're a sinner lost without Jesus Christ. To understand that the love of God came through Jesus Christ. And it's a gift of grace that comes from him that allows him now to have a hope and to have life inside of them. It's amazing. But number five, the Holy Spirit provides the power and the boldness to be a witness. You know, we talk about the Holy Spirit. I, I don't understand something. Why are we Baptists so afraid of the Holy Spirit? Huh? What would happen, do you think, if the Holy Spirit just started to make a major move in this place? Huh? We come to the point today that we're so programmed and we have so honed the methods that we have absolutely programmed and method the Holy Spirit out of practice. Huh? Now, I'm not talking about confusion here because the Scripture says that God is not the author of confusion. But when the Holy Spirit of God starts to move, we need to be obedient to his moving. Go back to Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4. I love the book of Acts. <laughs> Spend a lot of times in the book of Acts. Peter and John, of course, had been arrested. And uh, we see things now change. They've been released. And the reason they released him is because the officials saw something different in them. They could tell that they had been with this one called Jesus. Back in verse 14 of Acts chapter number 4, and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. Ooh, I love that. What are they going to say? He's standing there right beside of them. But we come to verse 24. So guess what? Peter and John, they show back up with their companions. And we get to verse 24. And so when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your father David, your servant, said, Why did the Gentiles or why did the heathen rage and the peoples devise futile things? 
kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Verse 27, for truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. While you extend your hand to heal, signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with what? Boldness. With boldness. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Hope you brought your Bibles today. Let me share something with you. No better place to be than here. Not a matter of my opinion. What does the scripture say? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Notice with me verse number 6. I planted, Paulus watered, but God was causing the growth or God gave the increase. Let me say this to you today. God did not call us to produce fruit. He called us to bear fruit and to leave the producing up to him to share the word to plant the seed the planting of the seed the Holy Spirit provides what is necessary and the harvest takes place so what about us are we planting seed today are we planting seed? Do we pray over that seed? You know, a few weeks ago, one of the things that I did was ask you, in both services that we had before, I asked you to take one of these cards and to write some names on the back of it and pray over them. Did we do it? Where's your card? Do you know where it is? Are you still praying over what you wrote on the back side of it? The question comes down to this. How concerned are we when it comes to the lost? You know, when life is at stake, and we see a life at stake in a tragedy, people respond instinctively to the situation. Just respond instinctively. When a life is at stake. And the question then becomes, what, what is it that prompts such heroic acts to save that life? 
What is it that prompts that? What is it that just demands that we, we drop whatever we're doing and to rush to make sure that life is sustained as much as we can for that individual? I believe the answer to that question is this. It's the sure knowledge of the consequences if we do not attempt to rescue that person. There's a song, a hymn that we used to sing over and over and over again. And I hear it in the back of my mind. And the words go something like this. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Snatch them in pity. we believe that today my question to you this morning is have you been born again by the spirit of God do you know you're saved my next question is have you been baptized number three are you planting seed today if not let me encourage you with this. If you're not saved, change it today. If you hadn't been baptized, can't baptize you this morning. Unless I stick a water hose back there and fill it with cold water, and then we can do it. Are you planting seed today? You can change that as well. Oh, by the way, I have plenty more of these cards up here if you want one. They're here at the front. Some on the floor, okay? Wasn't supposed to do that, okay? But folks, listen to me. Church, listen to me. We have people today that are dying without Jesus Christ. We have a world that's spinning culturally out of control. And we stand here today with the answer. So what are we going to do with it? Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father... We thank you for your word. We love you. We thank you for Jesus Christ, what we have through our salvation that was made possible and available for us. And so, Father, I pray this morning for all of us here. And, Father, it's great we've met back together now and we're here and had Bible study this morning and meet back together here at 1030. And, Father, that's wonderful. And it's great. But Father, I pray this morning that we would just have a renewed vision. That a fire would burn deep inside of us to warn those who are without Jesus Christ of the impending judgment. Father, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit of God this morning that we would surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit to be used. Father, provide opportunities for us to share Jesus Christ. Father, give us, I pray this morning, 
a renewed vision of the task that is so, so important. Not only to us as a church corporately, but also individually. Father, I pray for that one this morning that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that today it would change in their life. They would realize and understand that they're a sinner and stand in need of Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. Father, I pray for that one that may be here today that is just kind of held back, has delayed, has for some reason not followed you and scriptural baptism. Father, I pray that today they would, they would change that. And then, Father, I pray more than anything that our hearts would be stirred today to be busy about planting seed. And that's the seed of the gospel. Father, this invitation time we place into your hands, pray your perfect will be done through it all. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. Brother Red's going to come lead us. Watch the words of this song as we sing it together this morning. Be careful with them because right at the beginning it says, All to Jesus I surrender. That means everything. That means it all. Do you surrender everything to him today? Will you? Do you? As we sing this together, as Brother Red leads us now. All to Jesus I surrender. Father, Father, we pray right now as we give this morning that 
as our act of worship, that you would receive it, Father God, that we would use it to glorify and honor you, and that your gospel would go out from this place many, many places further than we could ever imagine, Father. Father, I pray that you bless the giver as they give this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Is that better? Okay. Help my voice as well. All right. I'm going to ask Andrew and uh, Andrew if they'd come stand up beside of me. The only difference in their two names is the last letter. Andrew and Andrea. And uh, they come uh, moving their membership from Hansboro Baptist Church over in Gulfport. They're actually serving with us here. Uh, and they're serving. They came on uh, in our last business meeting. He's serving in an intern role. Um, throughout the summer and then eventually uh, into uh, staff here at Ascension Baptist Church as we look forward to that. He's going to be doing a lot of our social uh, media work and community work. She's going to be teaching at one of the, the schools here. And uh, we're just looking forward to what God is going to do through all of this. And let me say from my heart to you this morning, I appreciate your fluidness today. I know there were changes, okay? We're still needing help in some other areas, okay? 
And uh, so if you're willing and want to help and to serve, uh, we look forward to uh, serving alongside and together. So I want you to come by and uh, just welcome Andrew and Andrea, okay, uh, here with us at uh, Roberts. And uh, so let's stand and we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer, all right? And uh, all right, let's bow our heads together as we pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege that we have today to serve you. We pray that you would dismiss us now with your love. We ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.